Welcome back. The pundits are out like cockroaches in the night, opining about what the SEC did yesterday. And uh, speaking of punditry, who better to bring in than Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast? Michael, it's always a real pleasure. I, I, I love these sessions with you. I just kick, kick my feet up and uh, grab some popcorn and, and let you have at it. So first of all, before I even ask you the prosaic, what did you think? What do you, what do you make out of all the punditry? You're, you're a pundit in some respects, uh, but uh, there's a group of people that, that look like they just got out of uh, – we, we just found them uh, in a cave somewhere, and, and they discovered that World War II was over. I mean, the, the shots are being, are being fired at Greg Sankey and the SEC. What about you? Yeah, I don't know if you were exactly talking about me, Paul, when you said cockroach in the middle of the night, but that's one of the nicest things you ever said about me. But uh, I'm joining the group, Paul. I mean, I'm not trying to overreact to this eight-game SEC schedule, but if they do not give us the matchups we want to see, and I'm specifically talking the likes of Texas for Texas A&M, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn, I think fans have every right to be upset, not just the pundits, Paul. And I'll read you a quote from Commissioner Sankey. At the start of the spring meetings here, a league at the forefront of college athletics does not stand still. This is a league at the forefront of college athletics. Well, they're not acting like it, Paul. They're, they're truly not with this eight-game league schedule in 2024. And again, I'm trying not to overreact, but I think this is a black eye on the league. I really do. And to sit here and say, well, we got to see how this playoff committee is going to shake out and how are they going to evaluate the 12 teams? Well, Paul, as long as I've been following college football, these things are done by a strength of schedule. And the SEC, their strength of schedule is not going to stack up to many of these other leagues if they continue to stay at eight. So I just don't understand it when you're adding Texas and Oklahoma and not expanding how many games, conference games we're going to be playing. I think it's a huge mistake. Do we still have uh, Michael? Did we lose contact? Uh, I, I thought when he said "black eye of the SEC," we lost we lost our uh, Wi-Fi connection with uh, his situation. Michael, I, I love people that give honest takes, and you certainly do. The one thing I'm curious about, and, and I think on the uh, afternoon of the 15th, uh, if if we're all disappointed, I think I hope you'll back. You'll be back, and and you you will have been right. I. I have a, a, a invert, an in, inverted theory. I, I think they already know the schedule uh, because they've been working on it for, for two years. I mean, there's, there should be no mystery about what we are going to see. Now, that was more with a nine-game schedule. But I, 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 I'm going to give Greg Sankey and his group the benefit of the doubt. I think they are really smart people. And if they don't give us what you said, they know – uh, the walls are going to come tumbling down. So uh, I don't want to say, hey, wait and see. I hate that phrase. It's cliche. Uh, but I'm, I'm betting on them getting it right. Yeah, and I'm right there with you, Paul, and that's why I'm not overreacting today. But like you said, I'll go nuclear June 15th. If uh, the, the 14th, I'm looking forward to this schedule release. They should have been doing this years ago. Uh, many people, myself included, have been calling for it. So credit to your employer. But, Paul, I know you're in an awkward spot, so I'll say it for you. I mean, it's laughable to me to say that money is not the ultimate driving force behind this. And, and I understand that, and it, I understand it from all sides. So I'm not necessarily calling anybody out here. But this is kind of the, the corner that the SEC has painted themselves into going all in with one network 
to where, hey, ESPN's got the contracts. Why should they give more just because you added two of the top ten programs in the country, arguably, and, and better matchups? It's a difficult spot, Paul, and I think fans are the ones potentially that are going to be hurt because I think what's going to happen, I think the SEC will get the money they want from ESPN, but ESPN's not going to just give it to them. They're going to ask for things, and that's potentially going to be Thursday night games, Paul. Fans are not going to be happy with that. Friday night games, uh, God forbid, let's hope we don't go down that road, but I almost can guarantee you, Paul, that there will be conference games on ESPN Plus to get people to sign up for that product. It's a, it's a fine product, Paul, but we're used to seeing Alabama, Austin P. Ole Miss Furman on ESPN Plus. I, I think we're going to get conference games there if they want more money for this product. And again, I think it's the fans that suffer. Listen, I'm, I'm a host. Uh, I mean, every, everybody knows where, uh, the company I work for. Uh, and I, I will tell you, Michael, if I had any earthly idea what they were thinking, because I, I, I genuinely believe they are a big part of this story. And a lot of people won't say that, but I will. Uh, ESPN uh, played a role in all this. They may not have played a role directly, uh, but but everybody knows what's going on here. And uh, I think the commissioners for nine games, uh, you know that. The only person I know that has gone nine to eight is Nick Saban. I'm curious what you think of, of what he did, because he I, he wasn't just a, a flag waver. I remember the first time he brought it up, I think it was 2010 or 11. It may have been on our show. And he put that flag down and he wanted to fight about it. And, and now suddenly when he saw the schedule, Michael, he didn't like the fact that LSU and, and Tennessee were among his on his permanent rivals on his permanent rivals list. Well, Paul, I've been I hate to be that guy and say I told you so, but I've been saying it for about a year and a half. It looks to me like Nick Saban's afraid of the competition. He's running for the hills because Kirby Smart and Georgia are taking over the SEC. And I think that's a short sighted approach, Paul, because last time I checked, Alabama plays LSU, Tennessee and Auburn every year. And I realize we're getting away with the divisions. So maybe he was hoping to escape those top-tier programs facing his, his Alabama, his decaying Alabama program, I should say. But the thing that he's overlooking is we're getting away from the SEC West. We all know that's the toughest division in all of college football. And if they got to play LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn, well, guess what, Paul? They get to drop A&M. They get to drop Ole Miss. They get to drop Arkansas and insert Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Missouri. So... At the end of the day, I think it all evens out, and it's not just Nick Saban having to face these three teams. It's the entire league. So I think he needs to get with the program, and uh, you know that, that to me is just another sign that uh, you know he, there's fear in Nick Saban's voice. Talking to uh, Michael Bratton here from that SEC uh, podcast. Um, uh, where's my next question here? After that, I don't know where to go. Uh, <laughs> Michael, uh, there's so much you said there that, that we could talk the rest of the, uh, of the afternoon and the rest of our lives on, but I will, I will turn the page in terms of where we are going next. Media days will be around the corner. Uh, you said Nick Saban used the word fear. You talked about his decaying program. If, if, his, if his program is moving out, not to steal a line from Billy Joel, uh, who, who's moving in? Uh, it's I th feel like I started this trend on your show, Paul, and I haven't backed down from it. I, it's Brian Kelly and it's LSU. And uh, I would be so far so bold as to say, Paul, I, I'm already on record. I like LSU to win the West. I think LSU is going to find a way to win the SEC, to win the national championship this season. I think they're that caliber. Just 
they exceeded expectations to such a degree last season. If they can continue that progress, one of only two SEC programs that return the starting quarterback and the offensive coordinator. I think that offense is going to be something to be reckoned with, and I realize they have to play in Tuscaloosa, but LSU, for whatever reason, has had a lot of luck in Tuscaloosa. Well, not a lot, but more than many. So I don't think Brian Kelly is, is afraid of going and taking his LSU team into Tuscaloosa and coming out of there with a win. I, I don't want to be that guy because I heard you, and you know, my hearing is still pretty, well, pretty good, uh, but I want to make sure the audience heard you. You just got through saying not only is LSU moving past Alabama, you, you think they're moving past Georgia, and you think LSU is going to win the national championship. Did I hear you correctly? That's, that's true, Paul. And I wouldn't necessarily say LSU is just surpassing Georgia as a program. We're talking about this season, though, correct. You, you're pick, you're correct. picking LSU to win the national championship in 23. I am. Yes, Paul. And I don't know exactly, you know, the path to doing that. Will they will both Georgia and LSU make the playoff? I think that is certainly uh, a realistic possibility as well. Uh, but yeah, I like LSU to win it all this fall. Uh, I think Georgia has lost some pieces. I mean, there's I think they're going to cakewalk to Atlanta. Let's just be clear on that. This is not a, you know, me downgrading Kirby Smart and company. They're probably the, the second best team in the country this year. But uh, give me LSU to continue to make those strides under Brian Kelly. He came down here to the SEC, to Baton Rouge, to win that elusive national championship. I think he gets it probably a year ahead of schedule, year two. (sighs) Michael Bratton, (laughs) always delivering heavy artillery on this program. Michael, uh, hope to see you soon. Thanks so much for dropping by. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Paul. You bet. We have a lot to talk about over these next three and a half hours. Phone number is 855-242-7285, and we are coming back with your phone calls right after this. <laughs> 